Hello, hello. Welcome to our episode of the Healthy Christian Project. I'm being joined today by Krista Baker. So Krista is a mentor in my life. And today we're going to be exploring the story of how she came to Christ. Krista is, she's an online fitness coach. She works with couples that lose inches and gain energy without boring diets or sacrificing family time. Um, but more significantly, she's a faithful follower of Christ. She's a wife, she's a mother, and so much more. Um, so Krista, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, you, you helped me there, definitely. Yeah, I work with a lot of um, couples and families. It's really important for me um, to help the whole family because I feel like generational health is really important. Um, but yeah, I'm a mom. I'm a wife. We have our 10-year anniversary this year. Oh, congrats. Um, yeah, pretty exciting. We're probably going to finally go on our honeymoon because, <laughs> you know, we didn't have Christ beforehand and I'll get into that a little bit later. But um, so we had our daughter first and so she calls herself her a before baby. Um, and uh, so we had gotten married and and we had her. We just bought a house and stuff, so we didn't have a honeymoon. So we're working towards that now. Um, yeah, I've been a, a fitness health coach for... I mean, it's really been my whole life, like since I was probably 16, um, but full time since I've had my kids. Mm -hmm. So you were married before you even came to Christ. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, if we want to go into the background of how that all happened, we can just jump right in. But (laughs) yeah, we'll we'll talk about (laughs) that in a sec. But actually, let's uh, let's start off this episode in, in a word of prayer. Um, so I'll just pray really quickly before we, we dive in and get super vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, so father God, we thank you that you've given us this opportunity that we can come together, that we can connect, that we can pour our hearts out before you and to others to use our experiences that you have allowed and you've put us in to Mm -hmm. glorify you, to serve others. We know that you make all things work together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose, Lord. And we Mm -hmm. see how you make all things work together. And we pray that through our stories, through our experiences, we may serve and empower others and, and be examples to your flock that you've put under our care. We appreciate Mm -hmm. you giving us this time and pray that you lead this call and that you, you ultimately are in charge of everything. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yes. Lord. So, (laughs) all right. What was your family life like growing up? Oh, all right, we're going right in there. We're, we're going diving right in. in. Um, okay, I'm one of five, so I'm the fourth of five. Um, my mom had my brother um, in a previous marriage, and then she met my, and then that was an unhealthy relationship. When she, when Lenny was four, she met my dad. I think it was when he was four. Anyways, there's, and then so my parents got married. They had uh, one girl, Le- Nicole, then Leanne. Three years later. And then that, I was supposed to be a boy, so, you know, oh Christ, another girl, which is how they came up with my name. I know. Ah, that's funny. But I'm very grateful for my name because it means a fine Christian, and it's very true now. Um, and which I that left, that was a bitter feeling that I had when I was younger because not being the boy, right? And then they got my brother after four years later. So five kids in the family, small town in Cape Breton. Um, my dad is one of 13. Um, big family. seven boys and six girls. Yep. Lots of cousins. So fun. Lots of love. Lots of, lots of, lots of stuff because there's a lot of people, right? 
Um, and then my mom's one of six, uh, same town, really small town, like 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. And that's where we were raised. We moved to Ontario when I was seven. My dad got an opportunity working for for Chrysler. And it, and it actually was an opportunity for my mom to get away from the noisiness of that upbringing. Mm-hmm. So it was a very... I guess it was a very busy upbringing, right? You had lots of siblings, lots of... Did you have lots of cousins? Lots of cousins. There's like... I think we were at my cousin's wedding a couple years ago, and I think there was 130-some of us from just the one side because we've all had kids, and they've had kids. Like, most of my dad's family, they had two, three, four, five kids, right? And 13 of them. So, yeah, lots of love. Did you grow up close with all your siblings, all your cousins, or was it a little bit distant? So when we moved when I was seven, so, um, you know, I shared a bedroom with my sisters. We, there was three girls in one. And then at one point me and my brother had bunk beds. Like we just always, we were like, just, just living, just, you know, nothing extra fancy. We didn't go on big vacations. The only vacation we ever took was we went to Nova Scotia. So we would go home for two weeks every summer and that was our family vacation every year. Um, of the ten, of the thirteen families that my dad, like, we're close with them. Um, of the thirteen kids, ten of them still live in the same town. So one, we live, we're in Ontario. We have one family in Alberta and one in Boston. So the Alberta family, us, and then Boston family, we would all go to Cape Breton every summer around the same time. Mm-hmm. And was your, um, was your family religious? We very Catholic, very Catholic. Yeah. Like okay. I was baptized when I was, I think I was born on a Wednesday. I was baptized like the following Sunday. Like it's just how it went back then, you know, very quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there's, you know, and there's everyone went to the same church. My, my grandpa like cleaned the church. Like it was, um, yeah, like very, very kind of Catholic, but like confusing, I think for me, because being Catholic and knowing Jesus, I think, feel very different. What do you mean by that? Um, because you're praying to Mary at times, and you're praying to all of the other saints, and you're spending a lot of time talking about them. And the 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 message to me always felt very repetitive. So I could walk into a Catholic church. At, I'm 43. I could walk into a Catholic church right now and know pretty much the entire thing that he's going to say, unless he's speaking the gospel, right? Like he, they, that's how that kind of system is, is ran. So it was very repetitive, um, you know, but I, but I like, I liked being at church when I was younger until I started seeing signs of things like within my, my upbringing that were, didn't feel very godly. And I remember being 16 years old and being like, like, if this is what you get from God, I don't want anything to do with him. And that's mm. where I started to, because I knew I wasn't alone. I was very sure that I was not alone. I just got confused. So I started really looking into other religions and other spirituality. Like I just was like, there's something, but I don't know what that something is. Mm-hmm. So if you don't mind me asking, what, what sorts of signs were kind of putting you off about Christianity and about following God? I think it was being being a part of an abusive family. So it was like if we didn't make it to the front row. Now I'm going to I'm going to actually frame this first. So a lot of the stuff that stems from 
from where I am and, and who I am, we are rooted in the way that we're raised, right? Of course. And then we get to become the adults that we are. Um, my, my upbringing, unfortunately, was quite rough. There was a lot of alcoholism. There was um, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, a lot of abuse. And um, it is not like that anymore. And I'm, I do want to talk about forgiveness later because, like, you know, some of the stuff stemmed from, like, uh, my mom who was afraid all the time. And that, to me, made me develop some issues with motherly figure and what I think a mom should do and be. Uh, and then my dad was struggling with his own kind of his childhood stuff, his own upbringing, his stuff like that. So um, I felt like, and, and my dad is my best friend right now. Like I'm framing this because he is everything to me. And um, unfortunately, there's some stuff that we had to sift through and work through together to make sure that we could get to this point in our relationship. Um, but growing up was scary. It was, it was, a, it was, it was very scary and, and it felt very hypocritical, right? Like we see hypocrisy, like just on a daily basis, but when you're like being told to do certain things or act a certain way, right? You know, you first, you tell me, oh Christ, we had another girl and that's how you came up with my name. And I'm supposed to be like, okay with that. Like that, that hurt, you know? And then kind of struggling through the different abuses and stuff like that and, and seeing a lot of anger and, and the alcoholism. That's where I was like, the one thing that you do every Sunday is you go to church. But what do you do for the other, what is there, 168 hours? Oh, yeah, 167 yeah. hours in a week. Right? So to me, it was like, it felt very hypocritical. Mm-hmm. So that's and where I kind of struggled. I think with that, you are not the only person who, who has seen the hypocrisy and been put off by it. I know a lot of people, whether that's even part of my own family, even I mm-hmm. was challenged by this with, with my own youth and up, upbringing, but the hypocrisy, it's definitely there, right? We're, we're meant to follow a perfect God and his, his perfect ways, but we ourselves are imperfect. And mm-hmm. I think there's a, there's a really good quote. I forget who it's by, but it's, it says, if someone plays Beethoven wrong or poorly who do you blame Beethoven or the player mm, right well, you you blame the player so if if someone right. plays Christ poorly you don't blame Christ you you it's not Christ who's wrong it's not it's not everything he stood for it's us right. as Christians right but it wasn't really taught like we weren't really we didn't spend a lot of time just praising Jesus like we did on Easter and it's like that Christer crowd, right? Like the Christmas and Easter. I mean, we went to, I don't know if you've ever heard that term, but I love that one. We went to church like every Sunday. And we also like, there was be times they're like in Lent where I'd be like, they're like, I'm at the park and they're like, Christa, come on, get in the car. And we would go to church for 40 days and 40 nights, like literally in a row. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that was all good. And, and, you know, you give up chips at Lent and, or you give up gum or something like when you're a kid and there's good foundational like learning, but we spent a lot of time like say, praising Mary. We spent a lot of time like learning about the saints and stuff like that too. Where, and that's where I felt confused. I also felt confused because, um, you know, I had one, there was one deacon who was like really nice. His name was Deacon Mike, which is crazy because my husband's name's Mike. And this name Mike has, has like actually taken me on a journey multiple times. But he was always so like kind to me. But 
I couldn't relate, like now in my, as a mom, as like somebody who has a mortgage, as a wife, all those things, I don't connect to a priest because I don't feel like I can get really good advice from somebody who doesn't have kids. Like you could tell me biblically some stuff, but I don't feel related, Mm -hmm. right? Like I didn't feel, I didn't feel like, like you don't have a mortgage. So like, how can we talk about finances? Like you take a vow of like, like a celibacy, like you don't have a partner. So I'm going to get marriage advice from somebody who's not married. And it, it doesn't mean that he, they can't, it just didn't feel right for me. It's interesting because in the Catholic church, that's right. Where priests, mm-hmm. um, they, they don't marry, they, they do remain celibate, but in the Orthodox mm-hmm. church, those priests can marry and often do, and they have their own families, um, even mm-hmm. after becoming priests. So I've met a lot of, of, married priests myself so that's a little bit interesting i don't know i don't know where the tradition came from um yeah. but i know it's been a stumbling block to to many right yeah um and, and you, you mentioned no, something earlier um you said how during your youth because of the hypocrisy you kind of went and and looked around for other things and explored other avenues what, what do you mean by that Oh, I shopped around because I didn't know, I knew that I wasn't alone, right? Like, to me, I'm like, I don't think that we were just an ape. Like, we were, (laughs) and what did not come from being a monkey one day. Um, So, like, all of those things that we would learn, I'm like, that doesn't feel right to me. And so I really started digging deep into my spirituality, but it was a lot of trying to heal myself, too, because I felt like, okay, all these people are really mean, but I'm really nice. Like, I don't understand. I want to understand people better. I want to, I love people. I really do. I want to help them. Um, So I started digging into like, you know, I started doing yoga. So then I started looking into that spiritual practice. And I started going to these like, you know, fitness kind of seminars where that would be the main driver, but not knowing how religious some of those things actually are. Um, There's a lot that I kind of started looking into and I just... I just had questions and then you're like, oh, what about karma? What about crystal healing? What about all these different things? Like I just never went to Jesus because I didn't know, I wasn't, I wasn't taught about Jesus the way that like I teach my kids about Jesus, but they didn't know how to do that because I think of just even the way that they were raised and and that kind of stuff too. So because I knew I wasn't alone, I just really wanted to, I was searching. Mm-hmm. So you're out here, you're searching, you're shopping around. How did you finally come to Christ? Well, that came later in life. So um, kind of fast forward to my 30s now. So I went through, I mean, my 20s were, not a lot of people know how I lived my 20s, but very dark, but I didn't think I was being dark. What do you mean So dark? I lived... Um, well, I, um, I worked in a lot of nightclubs and bars and restaurants, and I was doing drugs. Um, I was not, you know, I was, wasn't very godly in, in a sense, but I mean, it gave me experience. I, yeah, it's a very long history of um, confusion. And I would like work in places where I would feel like I was trying to like protect others but I was actually like harming myself mm-hmm. or like I would be, you know, like I would work, I worked in the nightclubs for a long time. So like my shifts were always nighttime, which also allows for a different lifestyle to kind of come into play because you're now 
around where crime is happening. You're around where, like, so I lived a life like that for a very long time. Um, and then fast forward to like my 30s where I was in a very unhealthy relationship. And I was like, I actually went to this, um, oh, like it was like a, a spiritual conference. Like it was a health conference, but it would have, you know, um, palm reading and uh, Reiki healing and like all of these different things, right? And I went with my mom because I was like, I just don't want to be in this relationship anymore. I didn't know what to do. And this was really odd. And it was definitely a God moment. I didn't know it at the time. But this woman walked up to me. She was behind like in her booth and she was eating her lunch. And she put her food down and she like went through like the tables and like got to me and she walked, looked up to me and she goes, you need to rip the bandaid off. And I was like, what? <laughs> because I was living such a, 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 a life that I didn't, I was, I was very ashamed of. Like, mm-hmm. I was doing drugs that nobody knew at all. I was like able to like function and still be a human being, but nobody knew this at all. And um, I was like, I thought like she's gonna know that I like did drugs or something. So I was like afraid of being people that were like psychic because I, or like I would be afraid to go into a church because I felt like people would just know and I would like, my feet would burn or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And so she came up to me and she said those words and, and she goes, this relationship that you're in, you need to leave and you need to rip the bandaid off. And I was like, okay. I had to obviously like allow that to sink in and I enjoyed this day with my mom. And then a couple of days later, I was like trying to work out and, and I was in this really unhealthy relationship and my partner at the time, he was, um, uh, you know, using drugs at the time and stuff like that. And I was like, like smoking a cigarette while I'm trying to work out in the living room. It was just, I was like, I need to get out of here. And, and I literally got up and left. Really? And never went back. In that moment, oh yeah. I called my sister, I'm like, how do you do this? And she's like, you have to leave right now. And I just drove over to my dad's house. And I was like, Ted, can I stay here? And then he, my dad went and got all my stuff for me. I wasn't allowed to go and get it. So then, then at that point, you know, I finally started to like transition how I lived my life. I started exercising more, getting really back into my health, um, like stepping away from living that type of lifestyle. And then um, I met Mike. I was Who's I your met Mike. Husband? That's my husband. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. And um, him and I were like firecrackers. We fell in love so hard and so fast. Like my brother used to call us like the Spanish lovers because we were so fiery. We were so in love, but we didn't know how to really like communicate it. And then we got pregnant for Casey when we were together. We we had moved in together by like seven months, and. Um, well, by seven weeks, he had kind of kind of moved in with me. And then we bought a condo by the time we were together for seven months. And then we were pregnant for Casey by 11 months. And so she says she's our before baby. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she was. And, and we, we just started figuring it out from there. But we didn't really, we didn't have, we didn't have, like, he wasn't raised in a faith-filled home. I was, like, resenting oh, God yeah, because. You were, you were confused. Oh, so confused. Um, but, you know, uh, we so him and I, we moved to Grimsby. And we, um, we were at a point in our marriage. We, we had just had Bailey. Bailey was eight months old. So Casey was four and Bailey was eight months old. And there were some behaviors that I just wasn't happy with within my marriage. Like, why do I have to keep making all these sacrifices 
and then you get to go and do whatever you want. And then there were certain things that were happening and I was like, this is not my future. I am not living like this. And I had to like, basically got to a point where I was like, like, we're done. I'm out. I don't want this anymore. And um, I had gone to book this appointment, or this concert for us to go to before I had this I'm done moment, right? It was like a week before. And I had found this concert for Mike and I to go to because that's kind of how we fell in love. We like going to concerts. We like going to games. We're just really like doing stuff together. But when you have a four-year-old and an eight-month-old, like I'm not doing any of it. And he is still doing it. And I was really upset by that. So anyways, um, I go to book this thing. He does this one ish, this, this, this thing happens within our marriage. And I was like, I'm not booking this. I'm out. I tell him that he needs to leave. A week later, he comes to me and he's like, hey, like, I know you normally work Wednesday nights, but I bought us concert tickets and I just want to take you to this place. And I'm like, well, I know what concert it is. And he's like, there's no way you're going to guess. And I was like, okay, well, I think it's, it's this band called Lettuce. Like, have you ever heard of them? I have not, um, but I've heard of the band Tomato. No, I'm just joking. Oh, there's see? no band. There's Maybe no band. Maybe they play together. <laughs> Maybe a little PLT. Um, so really funky band that Mike and I had gone to see before we had our kids. And he's like, I really, and I was like, I was going to buy you tickets to this concert. I'm like, yep. I go, it's Wednesday. I go November 11th um, in at the Town Hall Ballroom in Buffalo Lettuce. And he's like, how the heck did you know that? I'm like, well, I almost bought you tickets, but then I was mad at you. So I was like, screw you. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, fine. We'll go to this concert together. And we hang out at a, at a restaurant first. We have dinner together. We walk over and the guy's like, this, the band's not even here yet. Like you may as well go back to the other bar. Like it's dead in there. Don't even bother coming in yet. And I'm a strictly nursing mom. I need to get home. So I was like, I don't think that we we can stay like I don't know how much longer I can like do this right and so we're leaving and there's four guys walking towards us and I said to them I'm like oh the band's not even here yet like we're heading back over this way and the guys are like oh okay cool and I just I'm very social I talk to people and I just the guys are like oh yeah we came from Canada to watch the band like yeah so did we and one guy's like I live in uh Burlington I live in Stony Creek one guy's like I live in um uh what was the other one? Beamsville. And this guy goes, I live in Grimsby. And we're like, oh, we live in Grimsby. Where do you live? And he's like, on Udell Way. I'm like, we live on Udell Way. That's crazy. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, so then my, Mike looks at him and he's like, oh, you look familiar. Like, was your kid, do you have kids? And he's like, yeah, we have kids. Were they at a birthday party, like just down the road? And Mike's like, I think I saw you pick your kid up. So then we start talking. Mike is, my husband is becoming more of a not so introverted person but he's I'm this I'm the social one he's not and and that's fine and he looks over and we're sitting up at the restaurant now there's 12 guys sitting down at this group because they've all come over to the same restaurant and Mike goes I want to buy these guys a round of beer and I'm like we don't have any money I'm on mat leave like <laughs> we can use credit card which we don't normally do and he's like yeah I feel like I should just send a round of beer over to these guys okay so he does that and one of the guys is like, come over here, come over here. And Mike goes and he sits with them and they can talk music because this band is very different. Like they're, if, you, if you go there, you're going for the bass player because he's amazing. And so we end up hanging out with this group of 12 guys and we go to the concert and we have this fun night and they're like, man, you guys should come and we go, how do you know each other? Well, they were a worship band. Really? Interesting. From a church in our town. I From didn't even know church worship. church in your town. 
Yep, right across the street. I said, oh, is that the one, like, you know, across from the gymnastics club? They're like, yeah. And I was like, it's so big. I've always wondered what it was like in there. And they're like, you should come and have a coffee one day. And I'm like, you are allowed having coffee at church? <laughs> and, and they're like, yeah, we actually, and I was like, I wasn't allowed having gum in church when I was a kid. Like, you had to spit that out before you let, you got in there. And they're like, yeah. And, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And, and I didn't even know what worship was. I had never heard a worship song at, all. at that point. None well, the, I mean, I guess basics. I... Well, no, like, not like, you know, Bethel kind of worship songs, right? Because mm-hmm. it was um, a Pentecostal church. So we... Um, that was a Wednesday. The following Sunday, we went and we sat in the back. And I signed Casey up to go into this class. And I'm like, I've never dropped my kids off anywhere. That was weird. I have Bailey in a stroller still, like still in one of the, you know, small chairs. And I sat in the back and I cried. Oh, how I cried. I just, I, people had their hands up. I'm like, these people are weird. What is going on here? <laughs> You know, and I'm like, this is the weirdest thing ever, but I felt good. And people were coming and saying hi and, and all these guys, like everyone was just like so nice. And I, at one point, like during the worship, I was so stirred in my heart. I I had to excuse myself because I was bawling. I felt so much happening inside my heart. And I'm in the washroom and this girl says, Hey, do you think I could pray for you? And she puts her hand on my shoulder and prays for me. I'd never had that right ever and I come down and I'm like Mike some girl just prayed for me in the wash (laughs) this is so weird and but it felt so good you know and then we just got really involved um in the church we just we kept going back um it wasn't even the main pastor speaking it was one of uh his like uh youth pastor that spoke and really some of the stuff stood out to Mike and Mike wasn't raised in a in a faith-filled home but he liked music so he would play gospel music because he's a bass player. So that's how he kind of understood some of, like he related that feeling. Mm-hmm. So really the the turning point in your life was you were at kind of like a point in your marriage where you were just ready to just walk out. I was done. I was mm-hmm. done. And 100%. spiritually speaking, you were confused. You didn't know what was happening. You were lost, a little bit frustrated. And then all of a sudden, God puts these people in your life who happen to already be really close to you, um, mm-hmm. like physically on speaking, street. on your street. They invite you to church and he just, he kind of broke he you down us. to build you up again. Yeah. I don't think God broke me down. I think he allowed, like, you know how some people are like, oh, it, God's not real. He allows these things to happen. I'm like, well, I think that these things happen because we're human beings mm-hmm. and and we have to take what we can out of them, right? And, and learn to grow. And I know that, like, when I'm down in the valley, it sucks. But, like, he's going to pull me up on top of the mountain at some point, too. Like, we can't always be up here and we can't always be down here. And there is middle, too. But um, he saved my marriage. Mike and I ended up... So, Bailey was eight months old at the time. So, that was November. Yeah, because she was turning one in April, April 18th. So, you know, think about like most parents, their kid's first birthday is massive, right? They want to have these big parties and stuff. Mike and I aren't like that. We're just like, dude, come on over. You want to have some cake? She's going to probably put her hands in it at some point. Like we're just very (laughs) chill. But there was baptisms happening at their church. And um, on April 17th, 
and it was the day before her birthday. So typically, like that weekend, you would plan your baby's first birthday. And I was like, why don't we do hers the week after? She's not going to know the difference. That's true. I want to get baptized. Yeah. So Mike's like, I want to get baptized too. And we're bawling. We're holding hands. Like we make this decision to get baptized together. And we are like, okay, what is happening here? It was wild. It happened so fast, but it wasn't, it was like, was it fast or was it the 30, you know, the 36 years that I went without really having Jesus in my life? Because that's a long time. And so we get up there on stage and we're holding hands and we talk about why we want to get baptized individually, but like also like together holding hands and he, we, he goes in and then I go in and I like literally went in twice because God's like, we got a little extra washing to do over here. <laughs> I, I did fall back in a little bit. And even my pastor had said like, I've never really felt that. I just stayed in the moment and I was like, just cl- like cleanse me from all of this. And I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't really know a lot then. I just, I just, my faith was massive instantly. Mm-hmm. And and, I, and I'm, I'm the best thing that I've ever done in my entire life was give it to Jesus. Wow, I love that. So you've mm-hmm. been you've been following Jesus now for what is it? How many years? Mm. Bailey's going to be eight, so seven years. Seven years. So within that seven years, what has been the biggest challenge in your faith? People. What do you mean by that? I think probably. Um, we went through a lot. So we had neighbors um, that we diverse, very diverse people. I love people. I have people in my life that are different religions, different um, thought process when it comes to, you know, some core beliefs and stuff like that. Um, and so Mike and I started going to church and we started making all these friends and they were really nice. And, and Mike and I didn't want to be drinking all the time and doing all these things. But like we had we had some some people just become very nasty towards us because they thought we were going to judge them. That's what they think Christianity is, is that you're judging people. And I'm like, I don't care if you I, I don't I don't care what's going on in your life. Like I'm happy. And so when you start to become happy, other people that are miserable cannot be happy for you because they don't know that you're supposed to laugh with those who laugh and mourn with those who mourn because they don't understand that that's even how, how I think life is supposed to be. So I was um, really struggling with, so we were, we were raised in, in that abusive home and God was really confusing and God has continued to be confusing for my siblings. So even just issues with like my own family members, like, why would you go to church? What's wrong with you, Krista? Like literally words like that said to me, like that's happening right now. Um, the judgment is still there, but the conversations are getting easier Mm -hmm. because I'm like, why do you care? I'm really happy. Well, I'm afraid of how you're going to raise your kids. Oh, I'm going to raise them with some good values. And my kids are not going to be like, like, so I think it's probably because the way that we were raised that, or because it was like, it's this or that. Like, there's no, like, there was no, like, why do you feel this way? Why don't we have a conversation about it? Right? So, it was hard. I mean, like, we were rejected by people. Left, right, and center. Um, judged. But, like, 
so happy inside. And because all these marriages were falling apart and Mike and I are getting stronger, you know, and they're like, like, it, you know, like it, it was, it was really challenging. Um, and I still, I am a firm believer in loving thy neighbor. Mm-hmm. It's even like, when your neighbor doesn't love you. Yes. Even when I want to punch them in the face because <laughs> that's how I felt. And I'm being honest because I'm real. Like this is like, People are mean and nasty, but I, I dealt with a lot of that growing up. Like I was really like, if I ever saw somebody be bullied, like I would be the first one to rip that bully off of that other person. But I think it's because I suffered under the hand of a lot of abuse. I also, unfortunately, was sexually abused when I was younger as well from neighbors. And then ultimately when I was 17, I um, uh, experienced like rape and... I had to go through court and I won, but I fought for myself and the guy's name was Mike and I friggin' hated anyone with that name. And here walks in my husband and I'm like, what the heck? Like, you know, and then even, um, the date. So I'm really like funny when it comes to certain dates that like stick in my mind. And my abuse was on, um, May 18th. I hated the number 18, like literally like this day still it's coming up. I know it's coming up. And even though it was like when I was 17 years old, I still feel it inside of me and I still have to heal from it. But Mike, here I am, marry a man. His birth date is the 18th. And then God gives me my daughter on the 18th of a month. And it's like redemption, right? Um, so there was a lot that I had to like actually work through, a lot of processes, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. Um, when I was, when I experienced that, when I was 17, court case was done when I was 19 and I had dropped out of high school cause I, I, I really didn't really have a home safe place to go to. I had to like work. I had to do a lot of things. So I went back to high school cause I wanted to graduate and, um, the, my abuser's younger brother was there. So that was mm. really challenging cause then his friends were like constantly yelling at me and whatever. And I'm like, I don't care about you guys, but the, the, the school nurse at the time, she, she came in and she was like a savior. God gave her to me. And I will, if I could see her today, I would thank her because she helped me heal. She actually taught me what it was like to help others through my own process. So I started working with two young girls that were 15 who had experienced sexual abuse. And through that, I got to help them because she saw me as like, wow, you've really done a good job, like healing from this. And, and I started working with these young girls um, in my high school to, to help them through their process. And, and I just see how like through something that was really bad, what, what good can come out of it. Wow. Wow. So where are you with your, with your faith now? I, 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 I do not know where I would be without my faith. Like I have learned so much like you know how you 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 get older you grow wisdom is like something that you get as you age it's like there's knowledge and then there's wisdom and and with that there's experience and all that right but i i'm like i'm all in like i dove in head first and i was like i want nothing but this relationship with the lord i he saved my marriage multiple times he continues to watch us grow he continues to just hold my hand the entire time i could not listen do you know the song good good father I do. So I was at a woman's conference and this was like when we had first come to the Lord and I, it was a woman's conference. So there was a lot of prophetic 
things happening. A lot of people that were getting these words and very, very detailed things. And I was afraid that somebody was going to know my past because I was like, someone's going to come to me and tell me that I did all these things and, and I'm going to look dirty and shamed and, and wronged. But I'm like, I've never felt more loved in my life. Like, I actually feel like I'm, I'm worthy. Like, I have a father who loves me. And he, he's not mad at me ever. He wants me to come to him. And I, and I listened to that song and I couldn't separate my relationship with my earthly father and my relationship with my heavenly father. I didn't know the difference. And if I could help anyone see that difference, especially somebody that suffered under the hand of a, of a male, usually a man, then, you know, that's kind of like, there's this freedom and this like forgiveness that happens and it's just so amazing. So like my faith journey right now is, is everything to me. And I have so many questions because I still, you know, read the Bible and it's like a, an action story. Like there's so much happening in it, but I, I definitely, I just know that like, I, I wouldn't be the person that I am. I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't have the peace in my heart, the, the, the ability to like really parent my kids the way that I do my relationship. My, my marriage is like the most amazing thing ever because of what God continues to give us. Wow. So it was it was rough for you reconciling the image of your earthly father with your heavenly father. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. And and I remember I like had this massive release. So it's like a lot of people try to do church like community or religion or whatever they want to call it. They try to do it alone, right? That's true. It's, for- it's my own relationship with God. Don't need church, yeah. don't need anything except my own relationship. That's a view going on a lot right now. It's a lot. And and I honestly, if I wasn't at this woman's conference, listening to this song, hearing this girl get up and grab the mic and say, there's a lot of people in this room. She's like, I'm feeling like probably around 40 of you. Okay. And there's 200 of us. So she's like, there's about 40 of you that are really struggling with your earthly father. And God wants to redeem that back. And I just go, and I ball. I've never cried like that in front of people before. And one of the pastors, I remember Kathy, she grabbed me. I didn't know her at the time. And she just put her hand around, put her arm on my, on my shoulder and she prayed. And the way she prayed for me, the words that came to her, I, they're not earthly. Like that wasn't just somebody just making something up. It was so deep. It was so specific. It was like a clear message for me. And I left like this like this like feeling had lifted off of me and it was I'll I'll never go back I I would never go back to the life that I was living before there was no joy there was pain there was resentment there was confusion I feel clear and focused and loved like I I have to tell myself at times like Krista you're a beautiful woman and God loves you like I have to remind myself often because you know there was more years where I wasn't feeling that way. Wow. So today, where you are with your faith, where you're feeling loved, you're feeling empowered, you're feeling like God is using you for a purpose, that's something you may have never felt before in your entire life. So with all that you've experienced, with all the suffering, with the abuse, with the confusion, going through your 20s into a dark place, and ultimately coming out of that, out of an almost broken marriage, 
and God healing you through all that. What advice would you have to anyone listening based on everything you've been through? I think one of the biggest things I think we need to do is forgive. Um, I So obviously being a health coach, so I work with a lot of people being a fitness and health coach. You know, we can talk about sets and reps and we can talk about macros and food and, and all these different things. But like, ultimately, like a lot of these things are developed at like a young age. They're rooted. Um, these thought processes, this belief, right? So, you know, yeah, make sure that you get your movement in. Make sure that you um, hydrate your body. Make sure that you get your, you know, your steps and, and do all of these things. But like, like you need to have your faith intact otherwise like you're 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 going on this you're doing this solo because like god's gonna give you the out you know jesus was tempted we were all he went through all of that like he came here to show us okay i'm gonna give you a way out but you have to be ready for it you have to actually like want it and you know some people say like you're gonna pray for something he's gonna give it to you so make sure that you're praying for what you really want right and i prayed for my marriage I spent a lot of time praying for my marriage because I knew that there was this goodness in my husband that mm-hmm. I wanted him to tap into. I could see it in him. I, um, I, I like, I just knew that we're meant to be together. Like we loved each other so hard. You know, he's like, God's like redeemed all of that. So to me, it's just, I don't know. I just don't know where I would be without, without this, without him. Without your husband. Or without... And, well, without God. Like, without God. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Mike, too. Like, he's he's my everything, but it's God first. And that, I was really thought, was weird. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, no, I got married to Mike. Like, he's he should be my first. And then they're like, no, it's the Lord first. And I'm like, I thought it was the weirdest thing. Even my kids, like, like Mom, I just love you so much. And you're like, the, the, the first. And then Bailey will go, no, God first, right, Mom? And I'm like, as long as you feel that's right. <laughs> So. That's true. There's there's the thought, and like they taught us this um, before before you get married, they tell you when you're trying to love someone out of like your own reserves, you are very very quickly going to empty that reserve. Mm. But if you're always feeding on on God's love for you, which is an unconditional, never ending mm. love, then you're always able to give more. And I think also something that you said that really hit me because I struggle with this with forgiveness. Um, Mm. Personally, I do find it sometimes difficult to forgive others, but more so to forgive myself for Mm. my own past and everything I've done to maybe, maybe I hurt others in a way or said something, did something. And that's been something I struggle with, but there's this quote, I just searched it up. C.S. Lewis, he says, I think that if God forgives us, then we must forgive ourselves. Otherwise, Mm. it's almost like we're setting up, ourselves as a higher tribunal than him so what do you think about that well i mean i like i i'm not trying to like compare myself to anyone else but i feel like all the stuff that i've been through if i could forgive like we have to develop a strategy for that right like god like will forgive us like my cousin i remember when i was younger he we would be in we were in church and uh he swore and i was like 10 and i looked at him like you can't swear in church. He's like, we get forgiven right away. And I'm like, that's not how forgiveness works. So like, 
He goes, I'm here. He just forgave me because I'm here. And I'm like, no, 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 it doesn't work like that. You have to like repent and then actually like, like, like have that freedom because, and forgiveness isn't just for us, right? Forgiveness, I mean, isn't for the individual. It's for us too. It's so that we can have peace and be well in our own, in our own bodies, right? So, you know, I have all these principles of things that I teach people on how to get well, like how to, you know, lose weight or get strong or all of these other things but like why like you know people need to really be in a position to really really want it and it goes it's the same with like our relationship with the lord like you've got to put the effort in too he's not just puppeteering our life like we have to go to him and thank him and just continue to bring it all to him he wants to be a part of our lives we are not alone and when you lived your life so alone it's really hard to do that for a while but like the forgiveness piece is is massive because you can't heal unless you forgive. And that's where I feel like we need to dig a little deeper, right? And and literally, like I've been that person that will kill people with kindness and love instead of hate and anger because you know, I I'll give you an example. I so we're in Florida right now. We we came down here last year as well. And uh my, me and my daughter and me and my two daughters went shopping and my I told Mike I'm like go golfing take a break from you know doing the homeschool and all that stuff and uh and we went shopping and I was in the purse aisle and my kids were over here and I'm like you know looking at a person and looking over at them because like it's an area I don't know and uh this guy asked me a question he's like asking me like oh he's on the phone he's like what is a crossbody purse and I'm like oh like this this and that whatever because I'm just nice and I'll help people well his buddy stole my, my wallet out of my purse while he was doing that yeah so I start getting these alerts on my phone I go to pay for like my stuff with my kids I'm like where's my wallet um he I start getting these alerts on my phone and so I you know go on wife I go off wi-fi because I you know you're traveling and it's like TD's like oh are you trying to make these purchases at Target and it was like you know two grand worth of stuff so I click no like that's not me and I, I just get in the car and I hold, I'm walking, I'm holding my kids' hands. And I was like, guys, like someone stole my wallet. Like we need to go, I'm going straight to Target because that's the last place that they've been. And I'm kind of like, I can react well like that because I kind of, I know how crim- criminals work because I was around a lot of them when I was growing up. And um, I just get in the car and I start driving. But as I'm walking over, I'm holding their hands because now I'm holding onto them so tight. Nobody's getting my kids. Like you can take my wallet, but you can't take my kids, right? I'm holding their hands and I said, start praying right now. They're like, for your purse? I said, no, for their heart. Think about those, what they had to do. What type of life those people are living that they had to go into my purse and steal my wallet. Mm. That was my instant reaction. So it's like, I have to instantly forgive these people so that I don't hold on to their pain. Mm -hmm. Right? I had a very, very, very similar story where... I went, I went to the gym, I had my jacket on, and I was planning on going to the bank afterwards to make a deposit. Oh, yeah. So my wallet was in my jacket. I put a jacket in the, in the locker, and I didn't have a lock, so I just closed it. Oh, I dear. come back, my wallet is empty. I had $1,000 cash, all gone, all my cards gone, everything gone. I was so angry and so upset. And when, like, when my family started hearing about it, finally my grandma called me and she's like, Ely, just 
God bless them, you know, like God bless them. God bless them. And I'm like, why? I know. <laughs> why? They just, they just stole a thousand dollars. Why? Yeah. And, and she's like, God bless them. And that is something that's showing forgiveness, even when people don't deserve it, because ultimately we don't deserve the forgiveness right. either. That's, well, that's look at, you grace. said You said it earlier. You said that there's a lot of things that you don't forgive yourself for, right? Mm-hmm. So how are you going to grow if you haven't allowed yourself to feel that forgiveness or in or how can you forgive others if you haven't learned how to do it for yourself, right? That's where the hypocrisy kind of comes in In when I see, like, the way that we, like, teach people, the way that we, like, I don't want to be a hypocrite. So it's like I teach people health and fitness. I'm obviously going to go work out. Like, I don't, I'm not going to, you know, like, I like there's so many different things. So we know that that's part of acceptance and journey and, and everything that we're going through. And, and these things are hard, right? But God gives us the fruits of the Spirit for a reason, and a lot of them we have to choose. It's not just like, you know, I believe we're given gifts. So my gift is encouragement. I've been able to encourage people my entire life. And I like it. It makes me feel good. But not everybody has that gift. My daughter also has that gift. And she can't understand. Like, she was really upset because her sister didn't wasn't excited for her when she did something really good. And my husband was like, Casey like you are actually given a gift like your mom has the same one he's like to be honest like I don't have that one and I have to like it force myself to actually not be competitive against somebody like and the way he explained it to her was like it allowed her to be allowed to have her own thing right as she grows into the little girl and then teenager and things start changing and and to to let her have that because it's it's her gift right and some people are just really good at certain things. And, like, I will never be really good at doing taxis and stuff. That's a gift. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that's right. Like, I'm okay with the one that God gave me. I just have to do a good job with it because otherwise I'm not honoring him. Amen. Right? Amen to that. Yeah. Love that. Awesome. I really, really, really appreciate you. Just, you know, you, you were very vulnerable. And... Mm. I think that through that vulnerability, which is also, that's a gift in itself because not everybody can be vulnerable, but through that, those that are, are able to really help and encourage and build up and empower those who are going through maybe exactly what you've been through. So yeah, we always thank God for such opportunities. I do for sure. I think, um, You know, I always ask God for the right words to say. Like, I get on a call with somebody who's looking to get healthier, and I'm like, Lord, like, you want me to work this person? Like, this is, this is, this is, you plant the seed. You get them to think about me. Like, you get them to be ready for this. Let me, I'll guide them. I'll, I'll, I'll use like our communication, like, to, to help do that. And, you know, I just wake up every morning and like, is there anyone you need me to reach out to? And I literally will have people, and they're like, how did you know? And I'm like, I got my, I got my secrets. <laughs> I got some, <laughs> I got some inside scoop over here. But like, it's really powerful how how he can do that, and we just have to follow through and honor it, and be in community, and not be afraid of like, um, just seeking seeking help too, right? I think you and I are in a very similar position where we work with a lot of Christians, right? Like we help mm-hmm. fellow believers, um, the kind of like biblical health coaching, right? And to help them get healthy and and to want to have this desire because like that's part of what God wants for us like God does not want us feeling crappy sitting around 
you know, in pain, he's going to help bring the right person. So sometimes, you know, we see people that are like praying for this miracle. I'm like, what if the miracle was Ely? What if that was mm-hmm. what you needed, right? Like this opportunity to work with a coach that's actually going to walk through things with you and guide you and help you and help you. Like you're asking God to heal your knee pain. Well, guess what? Ely has the strategies to help you get there. He's the professional that God put in your face, like put right in front of you, you know? So we, I think that we need to honor our calling to continue to guide people towards their health because then they can serve more, then they can give more, then they can, all of these things, all of the, you know, the, the snowball effect that happens once people start to get healthy. Of course, it just builds and builds and builds. And ultimately their entire life ends up better. Right. So many people just like, they come first because, you know, it's a weight loss thing, but they walk Mm -hmm. out, they walk out happier with more fulfilling sense of calling, stronger relationships, they just everything, every part of their life ends up just a little bit better. And Absolutely. if that's not a gift and from God, I don't know what is. I think that is like the biggest gift. And I think that that's, but this, the secular world doesn't want us to have that, right? The world is speaking the total opposite. And so it's confusing. And we just need to, to be sifted. Remember we talked about that, right? Like mm-hmm. God's going to keep sifting us and he's going to be like, I'm going to get this out of your life. Get that out of your way. Get that out of your way. Are you listening? Are you hearing him? Are you actually doing what is meant to do? And that is where I got a little frustrated when I started going to church. I was like, you know, I started doing these like um, small groups, but fitness groups because I was like, I can maybe help some people get healthier. And it was great because a lot of people started trusting me when it came to helping them with their health. And um, it was hard because like, I'm like, why don't they ever preach on any of this stuff? And then I was in a conference. It was um, a leadership conference. We had a guest speaker come for the weekend. And Mike and I took it. And I remember asking the guest speaker, like, you know, they have like a youth pastor, a, a finance, and you want to talk to somebody about finances, about marriage. They prep you for like baptism, like all these different things. There's, You have a question, you can go to somebody at church about it, okay? Mm-hmm. Why don't they have a health pastor? What? Why don't we, why are people like, we are really good at doing food trains for people that have just had a baby. Okay, great. But we're sending them a bunch of crappy food. So they're supposed to like heal their body. They just went through trauma and they're not sleeping now for the next year. Or they, somebody just had a heart attack, but we're sending them lasagnas. Like, why don't we do a little bit better? And that's where I got a little bit frustrated, I think was like, that's where I felt there was a lot of hypocrisy is we have all these other areas that we focus on when it comes to our relationship with God. But one of his, like one of the main sins is gluttony. Mm. And nobody wants to talk about it. No one, no, that, that would, that one's between us and our, and ourselves, ourselves and God. No, we don't talk about it with others. But do you think we should? I definitely think we should. I think there's so much opportunity for a community to be able to to help you, right? It says it says in the Bible to go to your community when you need help. It's not just you and God. You have that church. You have those people who are there to help you, to convict you, to strengthen you in your walk with God. It's not you're not alone. So there's always someone to help. There's always someone who can help and who will help because God has put that on them. Maybe that that's their calling. Yep. 
and God gave you that calling, and that's why you're here today, trying to you know reach more community. And and I'm I'm gonna say it like just to plug you because anybody that gets on a call with you to be able to like actually work through this process, I see how passionate you are. I see how much you really want to help people. And God, like you need to follow through on that gifting. Like you are not allowed to give up. It's going to be challenging at times, but I'm gonna continue to encourage you to keep doing that because people need you, right? And God has given you that gift. And anybody listening to this right now, like you call him and you you get on a call with him and you work with him and he will guide you through this health and healing journey that you need to go on. There's a um, shameless plug there for you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I, I appreciate everything. I appreciate how open and, and vulnerable and honest you were. And honestly, I'd love to end this off with the words of Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. In Matthew 6, he says, When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us Mm -hmm. not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive Mm -hmm. others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive Mm -hmm. others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Mm -hmm. I think Jesus basically can sum up our entire call in just a few words. He's forgiven us. He's forgiven us. Did you have that already out? I just, I opened it while you were talking about forgiveness. I, it came right to my head. Oh my gosh. I love that. See how God works. It's so good. Well, yeah. Thank you, Lord, for even having this opportunity to be here. And, and anyone hearing and listening to this, like, just know you're loved. You're so loved and you're worthy of love. Amen. Thank God for that. Yeah. Awesome. And join us uh, next time. Who knows who's going to be on here? (laughs) I think we're going to definitely have a a, a second one. (laughs) Awesome. And we'll see you next time.